My guest this week is Nicole Osborne, owner of Lollipop Social and a social media and video marketing champion. We talk about how Nicole left her job as a marketing director to set up her own company and how she helps businesses put together strategies for social media and video marketing. Welcome to episode 180 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, thank you as always for downloading or streaming the show. You know I do really appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. Last week in my solo show, I was giving you some feedback from a conference I'd been to where one of the themes that was coming across very strongly was using video. And I talked about Catherine from Cura Financial Services who'd won an award predominantly for the great advice she's been given, but also on top of that for the great work she's been doing promoting her business using video. So it's very apt this week that my guest, Nicole Osborne, is going to talk to us about how you can use video and also LinkedIn to promote your business. We chat about how businesses of all sizes can use social media, why people dislike the word strategy, the benefits of using video for business, Nicole's tips for video production, how Nicole helps her clients grow their businesses, and why businesses should use LinkedIn. So let's get straight into that interview with Nicole right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Nicole Osborne, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, Roger. Thank you very much for having me today. It's an absolute pleasure, Nicole. Now tell me, where are we Zooming each other from today? I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Yeah, well, I'm in sunny London, in northwest London, actually. And it is sunny for once, which is amazing. So, Nicole, we are going to talk about your business. You Mm -hmm. run a, a marketing company called Lollipop Social, which is got to be one of the best names for a marketing company I've ever heard. And we're also going to talk about using video to engage with your customers. But before we get into that, Nicole, tell the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, where you're going, what your ambitions are, and basically what makes Nicole Osborne tick. So um, I am German. I came to London about 20 years ago. And I love living in London. Um, I've worked actually with business leaders on marketing and helping them to grow their businesses for about 20 years. Uh, What I found, um, I was doing pretty well in my corporate career as a a marketing director in in various sectors. Uh, But then I became a mum, which I was very excited by. But it was really hard finding something at senior level with just an ounce of flexibility. Mm. (laughs) I have to to emphasize ounce of flexibility because actually I just wanted to work for four days. So I thought, well, I've got all these skills, uh, all these different experience. I'm I'm generally passionate about uh, working with entrepreneurs, helping them to speed up their marketing. Why do I not set out and do this by myself? myself. Uh, so I started uh, freelancing. I upskilled, you know, I was a traditionally skilled marketeer. I'm a chartered marketeer. Uh, so I did a whole social media course with Digital Mums about a couple of years ago. And I really got the back for it. So I started Lollipop Social just over a year ago. Now you said, where did the name come from? <laughs> Do you know, I found when I came to England uh, that 
I was watching a lot of East uh, Enders at the time. I was with a pair. And I found that whenever something went wrong, we just had a cup of tea and it, it just made everything better. Now, when I had my son, he absolutely hated it when we had to like wait at the airport to visit the family in Germany or, or have his hair cut. So a lollipop just made things better. <laughs> so I thought, what a, what a great name for a brand, Lollipop Social, because I like to have a bit of fun with my work and it kind of it, it translates that. Uh, so sweet like social, everything I do is about sweeter results. Where I like to be going, just growing my company uh, successfully. I just also just launched a second company. So times are exciting. I love that uh, background to where you came up with the name for Lollipop Social. I guess Lollipop Social does sound better than Cup of Tea Social, doesn't it? Even though the idea is the same sort of thing. Um, And a lollipop can sweeten up everything. So I I like the analogy there. And of course, it allows you to explore quite a lot of colours and that sort of thing. Interesting that your background was marketing director within a big company and of course that's exactly the same uh, as my background and it took me just under 20 years to get fed up of working in big corporate and actually leaving and deciding to set up on my own and one of the reasons why I eventually left big corporate was because they weren't embracing modern digital marketing techniques quickly enough to my mind you know we weren't doing video we were frightened of video we were we weren't looking at social media we were frightened of social media and and I knew there was a lot of opportunities there and I knew there was a lot of smaller businesses out there desperately wanting to embrace these methods of communication did did you find similar sort of thing in your experience yeah, I mean, on the uh, corporate side, so when we talk about uh, social media, there's obviously social media policies which train people, but at the same time enable them, and there have to be some brand guidelines in place and ways to escalate things. So, yes, there's need for much more processes and, and brand guardianship as opposed to like a smaller kind of upcoming fast-growing company. In terms of uh, the, the digital side, um, I guess with a lot of corporates, uh, there's, there's big, bigger budgets, so they... Sort of can try things out but you know often there's the sort of death by committee so you could have a new idea and i've always worked on the areas where it was about new markets uh on, on new services because that's really what i like most but sometimes because you had to go through so many different committees by the time you were ready to go to market a competitor might have done the same thing uh so nowadays what i love when i work with smaller companies and uh, i do this as their either their outsourced uh, marketing director advising on their marketing strategy or also project managing some of their implementation you know we can try out new approaches and if they work we invest more in it if they if they don't work we review we learn we move on and we do something new and i really find that exciting so there is no looking back for me (laughs) i love working with uh, smaller companies i think the nimbleness of smaller companies Mm. is what makes it exciting and yes you're absolutely right big corporate does tend to get strangled by all the committees and the bureaucracy and the and the muppetry as i call it and 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 it is refreshing to work with people who just want to get on and and communicate one one other thing that i was going to ask you as an overall marketeer and 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 a, and a strategic marketing you have to be strategic if you're in a marketing director role one of my um observations of the marketing profession of the marketing landscape at the moment is that because we have all got access now to all this fabulous digital technology so we can all make videos with our phones we can do audio with our phones we can we can do pretty much anything that 
even five, ten years ago, you would have had to hire in a company to do for you, that everybody now seems to talk about marketing as if it was just communications. And, you know, oh, digital marketing, it, it really just means digital communications. And I just wonder, have we forgotten about the other parts of marketing, you know, identifying the who the customer is, talking to the customer and finding out what the customer's problem, what the customer's needs are, finding a solution to those customers' needs and problems, which effectively becomes the product that you want to sell and, and how much are you going to sell it for. And then once you've got all of that, then you start to do the communication. But today you go to a marketing conference, it's all communication, communication, communication. Have we forgotten that communication isn't the only part of marketing? Do you know, uh, I think that's why you and I are in a very sort of unique position because we were probably traditionally trained marketeers. Mm. You know, I agree with you. What about your events presence, your physical presence, or the physical service evidence you offer? And as you just said, what about really nailing who who are your customers? Where do they hang out? What are their challenges, their problems? What are they interested in? I guess a lot of that really feeds into a good uh, content marketing strategy. (laughs) I don't very often uh, meet entrepreneurs who sort of wake up in the morning and say, hey, Nicole, I need a content marketing strategy. Can you help me? Usually the phone call goes something like, well, Nicole, we've got a new service and we just want to get more sales and more people to sort of see or hear about us. And then as marketeers, we have to sort of gently take them through this educational journey of, you know, learning about the customers, the positioning, what that means for the content, how to stand out. So it's really intriguing. And just like you, you know, I like to pick the sort of best from all the different marketing approaches to to really get in front of a customer. And yes, that can be really traditional marketing or it can be just the latest thing, Instagram to be, for example. So, you know, we've got to be flexible flexible and not just be excited about the new tools but also appreciate what other tools and methods are out there completely yeah i agree and it's one of the things i learned very quickly being a consultant a marketing consultant was that the strategy word is often a way is often the word that will get somebody closing the door in your face i can remember some of the early conversations somebody would come to me and they'd say roger we need to be on twitter or we need to be on linkedin we want you to help us And in the early days, my response to that would be, well, that's fine, but we need to know what your strategy is first to find out whether you actually do need to be on Twitter or whether you actually do need to go on LinkedIn. And I would find that the strategy word would be slam, the door was in the face. So I've I've had to find a way of, of almost asking that question without using the word strategy, because I still think you need to identify your customer and you need to know what their problem is and the solution to the problem, the product, etc., before you can start deciding how you're going to communicate. But if you use the word strategy, you often find people diving for cover and uh, that's a shame. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. It's, it's actually quite funny. Uh, I often use like a roadmap to success. You know, we need to know where we're going to then be able to review results. But yeah, strategy, whilst I've got all of this ticking in my mind, and there do I say some even outdated models, I think like a SWOT are so helpful, like a uh, strengths, weakness, opportunities, and uh, threats analysis. But I wouldn't necessarily use those words with my clients. So I, I'm applying the tools. <laughs> <laughs> but I would share it in a different way because, you know, you don't want people to turn up on what you're saying and it's really important to speak their language. And I, I don't know, maybe sometimes in marketing, we've done ourselves a disservice by always using all these buzzwords and all these fancy words. <laughs> so now we really have to fight hard to get people to listen. 
Yes, I think SWATs come a very close second after strategy <laughs> for getting the door slammed in your face. I always say strategy, SWATs, pests, grids and matrices are the things that will cause people to uh, die for cover. So, Nicole, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about video today. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is, this is quite timely because I, I know that you use quite a lot of video in your own marketing for Lollipop Social. And you have a YouTube channel. I've watched a lot of your videos and of course you've got that really enthusiastic style which is really engaging and uh, and and I'm sure that your your customers really like that approach you've got videos on on LinkedIn as well and maybe we can tie into some of the opportunities that exist on LinkedIn as well and recently it's quite interesting one of uh, my friends who run um, a financial services company in Yorkshire They've been doing a lot of video over the last 18 months. And quite honestly, Catherine, that's her name, she's the marketing director of the company. She sits on her sofa. She's got her iPhone on a tripod. She sits on her sofa. She has a cup of tea and she talks to the camera. Nothing flashy, a little bit of editing to chop the front off and chop the end off. And she hasn't got any fancy lights or any fancy equipment, but she comes across in a really engaging way. And these videos that she puts out once every once every week, maybe twice a week, have really helped to build their business. In fact, we put out a press release the other day. Her business has increased by nearly 20% over the last year just because of the videos. So it does go to show that companies of all sizes can really use video to engage with their customers. So how, how did you get into using video? So I started my uh, video learning journey about a year ago. And you know what? I'm quite open about it. I'm still on the learning journey. Oh, I'm. Um, I felt it was so important. So for 20 years, I was part of a big branding corporate machine. And I quite, was quite comfortable with that. Now, look, I'm, I'm tall in German. I think I always stand out a little bit. <laughs> but one of the things I learned really quite early on as a freelancer, if I wanted to set myself apart from some of the competition and, and just give good reasons for people to get to know me, video it is such an amazing tool. And what I loved especially about it, you know, you just mentioned this about Catherine. Actually, all she needs is her front room with hopefully quite a nice background. You know, maybe if there's no daylight, have, have a set of lights, uh, have a small uh, microphone and, and a camera and a tripod. And I know you can upgrade it, but just to get started, it is so easy. So I started doing it. <laughs> Because the reason I felt, well, I want people to get to know me better, but also I'm recommending videos to my clients. And how can I say with passion that it really benefits people if I can't show them that, yes, you know, we might have certain fears about video making. And Roger, I had a very long list. It started off with, I don't like the sound of my own voice. I think my bum might look big on camera, and I know those might be kind of weird videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything interesting to say, and surely I have to spend lots of money on equipment. So those were some of the fears I had. I just went through them one by one, and I unpacked them. I got some help. I did some courses. But the most important thing I found with video learning is you can't pick it up from a course. You just have to do it. Uh, so the reason why you've seen... So much of me on LinkedIn and on my YouTube channel is, and and I'm really pleased you have, is because I consistently try to put out content there, which I hope my audience is interested in. And and so far, I had really, really, really good responses. Um, Because what I often do, my my first uh, Wunderbar show was all about 
uh, LinkedIn, how can you be more efficient on LinkedIn? Because I know we are all time short now, whether you're working in a blue chip company or you're working in an SME, the one most valuable asset you have is your time. So I shared some tips for how people can really increase their reach on LinkedIn without having to spend too much time on it. <laughs> because for some reason, you know what Germans are like. We're very good at uh, designing cars and bridges. So there's something very efficient about us. Uh, so I'm building that into my content. Um, so yeah, I'm, as you can tell, I'm, I'm really passionate about uh, video learning and, and I really enjoy uh, other entrepreneurs to sort of figure out what their fears are, what's holding them back and, and helping them through that journey. Uh, because, you know, like Catherine, you know, she's probably now a very known entity in, 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 in her sector because not everyone is doing it yet. And, and you said she's got a cup of coffee. So she's, she's making it quite personable because people are not expecting Hollywood style um, productions. And even from the bigger companies, actually, we sometimes just want the CEO walking in the office and some behind the scene footage. Uh, so I think Catherine is, is doing a great job. And, and I've certainly found that the more authentic you are and true to yourself, um, the, the better actually you come across on video. Yeah, I think there's a few things I'd like to pick up on there. First of all, I should add Catherine actually won an award because of the work she was doing on top of the advice. I mean, she's a financial advisor. She gives advice, but she won the award because on top of giving financial advice, she was also producing all of these videos. And I, and I think it is important just to start doing it. I mean, I, I like yourself, I I like to say that I'm constantly learning. I never say I'm a marketing guru or a marketing expert or a social media expert. I'm learning every day. And I look back now two or three, four years ago at some of the videos I put up on YouTube, and they're still there. They are appalling. Um, and I cringe when I watch them. And, and I know that every single one that I've done, I've learned a little bit more about scripting. I've learned a little bit more about how to just film it a bit better. Maybe the edit is a little bit uh, snazzier or a little bit slicker but I'm learning as I go and I think that the biggest hurdle a lot of us have to get over is just starting to do it I think um, Brian Fanzo who's a very famous American uh, marketeer says something like just press the damn button you know <laughs> just start doing it and and I think that once you start that's when your journey begins that's when you start to learn and yeah the first few might be a little bit ropey you might not like the sound of your own voice and, and let's face it who does but as time goes by you'll start to get better and it's because you come across as a as a real human being not a nameless brand that's when people do feel as if they can engage with you they, they start to like you and, and and if they like you they're gonna ultimately maybe want to do business with you yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the Americans, they're really great at it. I was interviewed by uh, Madeleine Sklar. Many of your audience will probably know her as a Twitter influencer. Mm -hmm. And um, we, were, we were talking about our video and she said, gosh, you know, people just need to do it. You know, talk to the camera like it's your best friend, just smile into it and, and just do it. And then most importantly, don't delete it. Because what you were just saying about your very first few videos, that's actually one of my favorite tips. Uh, I, I share one of my sweet tips. Don't compare yourself to someone who's been in the video business for years. Actually, go back to some of their earlier work. And, 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 and we will be surprised to find that everyone had to start somewhere. So I purposely kept uh, one of my first videos. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a vlog about this shortly because 12 months are coming up. And as you said, you know, I look at it and I, and I cringe and I had no energy when I was talking. And I looked a bit shy and, 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 and all these sort of things. I didn't look at the camera. But as you said, every video take, I, I just improved that little bit more. Um, so, yeah, it's a really fascinating uh, video journey. And I, I really enjoy taking 
and my clients through it. I'm, I'm a marketing coach and I just love helping them to do this sort of step by step. And I think the other thing that you said there before as well is that it, it doesn't need to be a Hollywood production. You know, Catherine, again, sitting on her sofa using her iPhone. I've seen videos produced by big companies where they've they've hired in a film camera crew, you know, heavy duty big cameras and they've got big lighting rigs and those great big silver discs that bounce the light around the room I don't know what they're called but they always look pretty cool and they have big heavy duty microphones the floor is littered with cables and they get their person their talent if you like to stand on the spot and they'll have rehearsed what they're going to say and they'll they'll do about 50 takes of this 30 second 90 second video whatever it is they're doing but they'll make the person stand absolutely still so that if they did need to jump cut between one version and another they could do it without even the the person watching the video be be aware that there was a jump cut but the result looks like somebody stood in a in a headlight like a rabbit in a headlight they look startled they look wooden they look false they look scared and and to me, there's nothing engaging about that. There's nothing human about that. Whereas somebody sat on a sofa with a cup of tea, I can see why Catherine won that award because it <laughs> does come across as being so much more relaxed and so much more engaged. And, and eventually, I'm sure, you know, if Catherine goes on being successful, she might buy a camera, she might buy a light to make it a little bit you know, a little bit more professional in inverted commas. And I hate using that word professional because you know what does it really mean but as you say it's a journey and you have to start somewhere and as long as you're engaging as long as you've got a message that you want to put out there as long as you want to help somebody then just just get it done do you know i agree that's a question i get very often she says, but nicole you know you're asking me to, to do videos but what am i meant to talk about and i think what you just said you know as, as long as you offer something of value uh perhaps a question you get asked by your clients and when you share some tips then that comes across as very uh natural or another tip i like to share is if, if you look at some of your existing blocks and if you're just starting out why not use some of your existing blocks and share some of the key learnings because you can really deliver that message of umph and, and make it stand out, and that's a really good starting point. Absolutely. I mean, I've always said that, um, I mean, I suppose it's one of the key principles of content marketing, isn't it? Answering your customers' questions. And again, it's going back to what we said before. As long as you've done your strategy, as long as you know who your customer is, and you know what their needs are and their problems, and you know what the product is that you're or the service that you're offering them to solve that need or problem, then you can, you can think of all the questions they're going to ask you about your product and about your service and about their problem, about your solution, and every single question that you write down that they, they may potentially have could be a video or a blog or a piece of content or an audio like this. You know, so write all those questions down, sit yourself in front of your um, iPhone and start recording answers to those questions. Absolutely. If you want to be really efficient, you know, when you have these ideas, put them in a Trello board or, or somewhere where you can get back to them. What or I even write them in a notebook, you know, with paper. I do that. <laughs> I have nothing against notebooks. But what I love about it, you, you know, you will figure out pretty quickly which topics are more popular. You know, when in the old days of marketing, when I used to do big billboards for the Financial Times, which clearly was very exciting. You know, how, how did we know how many people really drove past and bought the uh, paper as a result of it? Now, when I... Uh, 
produce a new content strategy and we follow this through for a few months, you know, it's, it's pretty quickly you can see, okay, so which posts are performing better? What are people clicking on? And you can do something about it. You can really increase the performance. So it is, um, I think co content marketing is done well and, and especially with video, you know how long, you know how long people are watching you for, you know when you're losing them. Uh, so you can, you can really hone down your, on your skills pretty quickly. So when somebody comes to Lollipop Social, um, obviously they want to work with you, Nicole. They've seen your videos probably or they've seen you um, on mm -hmm. stage at a conference. What process do you take them through? And, and let's keep video in mind. What, what's the process you take them through to get them started along this, along this marketing journey? Absolutely. I mean, really, I like to call it uh, strategy homework. But as you and I discussed earlier, I'm not using the word uh, strategy. So I really make it about about finding out uh, what their strengths are, about their competition, who, who they want to work with, uh, what was people are interested in, and then mapping those kind of ideas back to their brand values. Uh, and really, I'm quite insistent. <laughs> I don't want to see any hygienic kind of brand values, uh, like a designer saying that she's a professional, uh, or you know, I wouldn't go to any designer if I didn't think they would be professional. <laughs> I, I like to really bring out something which makes up the um, essence. I'm, I'm working uh, currently with a coach, and that's a relatively new coaching relationship, and we're having a lot of fun just sort of really drilling down to what are the values she can uniquely bring to her audience and how can we use that through her marketing language to her visual through her visual appearance and then eventually also through her videos um so it is a it's very much in, in my mind it's a very sort of from a to b to c to d to e to f but for the client it would be much more fluid uh, because obviously they may not be ready to do all the uh, strategy homework up front i do think though with, with content if you if you want it to be successful you need to know who it is you're targeting and what they're interested in, where they're hanging out, what kind of formats do they like? Do they like video? Do they like podcasts? Do they like written blogs? And then really focus your efforts in, in those areas. So once you've got the plan together, once you've got the strategy, without using the strategy words, of, of course, what, what, give me a few examples of um, a video marketing work that you've done with some of your clients after you've taken them through that process. Yeah, so we would... Um, so I um, work with, an, uh, with a company where in the tech sector and it's, it's very exciting because our, our target audience are digital marketeers. And when we first started with the content, we thought that all our content had to be really, really quite techy. Uh, but what we actually then found when, as we experimented with slightly different uh, topics and we did have a content strategy to start with, but actually the things which would be most successful would be really quite simple block topics. You know, how do we measure success in this area? How do we put together a really, really good briefing? So, so now that we know that these topics have performed particularly well as, as written blocks on a website, uh, we're turning them into videos. So we had some video scripts, uh, quite conversational. Uh, we, we filmed the videos, um, provided some coaching for people who are in front of a camera because, you know, we wanted to look natural and that doesn't always ha happen immediately. Uh, when we get the videos edited and then we push them out on our social channels. And, you know, particularly on LinkedIn, actually on all of the platforms, but mostly on LinkedIn, their video is still relatively fresh. When people scroll through their newsfeed, videos really stand out and, and, and people stop and they comment and they like it with their network. So your reach just gets bigger and bigger. I know whenever I struggle to keep up consistency on, on LinkedIn, I look at some of, some of my earlier videos 
And I see that they had like over a thousand views, um, nearly a hundred shares, comments and likes. And it really motivates me just to keep uh, going. And I'm hoping uh, to see the same kind of results uh, for this particular client I just talked about. Uh, because video is really such a much easier way to make complex technical questions quite relatable. And at the end of the day, people don't buy from a website or just from a logo. Even us marketeers, we would love to think that. But they still you know, buy from people because they will be working with those people. So it's really important to bring the people in front of a camera and, and just make them look good. I think, I think generally I just like to make people look good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think video is definitely a form of that. I think it would be quite nice just to explore a little bit more about LinkedIn, seeing as mm -hmm. you mentioned it there. Now, it's interesting, for a long, long time, I really wasn't interested in LinkedIn. I guess like a lot of people, I thought LinkedIn was is just this super-duper um, CV, isn't it? It's a curriculum vitae. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's only for people who are looking for jobs. And I guess LinkedIn's moved on a heck of a lot now. And you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a channel where there's a lot of engagement going on. Um, however, they do seem to be favouring video. And, and most importantly, video that you physically upload into LinkedIn itself, as opposed to uploading it to YouTube and, and pointing mm -hmm. a link from LinkedIn away from YouTube. In fact, they probably penalize a post like that and you wouldn't get anybody seeing it. But if, if you actually upload to LinkedIn itself, then it seems to reward that and you get a lot more views and a lot more interactions. It's funny, I, I um, just did a very quick video down by the harbour this morning just before we started doing this podcast and I've uploaded it. And just before we pressed record for this, I went on and had a look and I'd already had about five comments within a few minutes of me posting that video. Now, had I posted just a standard link to another post, it's it's likely I wouldn't even have had any interaction at all. So LinkedIn does seem to be very video friendly at the moment, doesn't it? Oh, do you know, I agree with you. And, and the experience I've had with the algorithm is, is very much LinkedIn doesn't take you to take people off the platform. Mm. So the more you keep it on the platform, the better. Now, with uh, video in uh, in particular, it, it's, you know, all the general um, principles still apply. So, yes, upload the video, make it easy for people to reply. And then then do reply. You've got to go in there and, and, and engage with people. Now, I like to do these things quite efficiently. So I, I usually encourage people to, to not spend all day on social because it's such a rabbit hole but to actually have one or two slots a day where they know they're going to handle their engagement but the minute you acknowledge a comment and then that person receives it it, it goes out to their uh, network and i think that's sometimes why uh, companies bigger companies really struggle with making linkedin organic linkedin work for them because it's hard to really convince people in a company to to share posts to, to comment on them uh, so again it, it need some good training, some, some coaching. I often find just like you said, you know, people still view LinkedIn as just a pure recruitment platform, but it has moved on so much since Microsoft has purchased it. It is really a network where people go for their news, uh, where they go to find new connections. It's not just about finding new jobs any longer, but a lot of people still have that love-hate relationship. And I have to be honest, I sometimes feel it. And then I just remind myself, <laughs> it is just a social media network yes it might be the biggest b2b platform but it's a social media network so it's okay to be sociable so i encourage my clients to to be relatively informal to, to use emojis uh, just be human on it uh, and, and and have a common courtesy someone shares 
your blog, to thank them, to acknowledge it. So I think there's a lot of uh, potential on LinkedIn now because a lot of people have actually neglected <laughs> their profiles for so, so, so many months. There is a job to be done for optimizing our profiles. And I, I could feel there might be a video coming along for me because I know a lot of people struggle with it and I like to help them people do that in a really efficient way. Yeah, I think we could probably have another half hour talking just about LinkedIn. I guess the the only thing that does trouble me a little bit about LinkedIn is that sometimes there's a there's a vocal minority on LinkedIn who I don't know seem to want to protect the professionalism of LinkedIn. And and again before professional is one of those words that I have a bit of a problem with because I always remember after I started doing videos putting them up on YouTube and everything I was approached by a marketing agency who said Roger, we think your videos are really good. You're very engaging. You come across well. But if you need some help in making them more professional, then we'd love to help you. And I took objection to that word professional because, well, I am actually a professional person. I get paid to be a consultant. What you really mean in the context of professional is you've got a bigger camera than me. You've got bigger lights than me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that sometimes people on LinkedIn beat people up they don't like for not being professional because actually those are the people who don't meet their own standards. So I'm not professional because I don't wear a suit and tie. Now, that's a, I'm, put, I'm, I'm being a little bit um, provocative there, but sometimes I think you have to do what you've said. You have to lighten up a little bit, use emojis, go back to what we said earlier and just be human and even on somewhere like LinkedIn, which does have a reputation of perhaps being a little bit stuffier than, say, Twitter and Facebook, I think you can stand out by being the real you. Absolutely. And actually stand out in a good way. I remember once I just produced a very short video. I think it was either on clips or cliptomatic. And it was all just about sharing tips for how you can engage with people on a Twitter chat. And you know what? I, I filmed it relatively quickly. I edited it myself. And it was absolutely fine because... People just don't want to see perfect. They just want to see a real human sharing some tips in an engaging kind of way. So, so why not use sometimes an emoji or have a sense of humor? You, you know, people at work want to have some fun as well. <laughs> we are all just human beings. And, you know, one of the reasons why I love working for myself is that, you know, I'm in charge of my own destiny. If it's a project, I think, which can can really take off, I can dedicate more time to it. And I really enjoy that. Um Therefore, often in the corporate world, you know, we talked about the committees and the decision-making process and also how you behave on LinkedIn. I think that was one of my issues with it because you feel on LinkedIn, you feel very judged because it used to be such a stuffy kind of environment. And Roger, believe me, I, I can do stuffy. <laughs> but my, my higher energy levels, what I enjoy most, is, is actually just, you know, showing a bit of myself, really. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. So, Nicole, we could carry on talking about video and LinkedIn and other forms of social media for the rest of the afternoon. I'm going to try to draw the interview to a conclusion now. And I always like to ask my guests on the Marketing and Finance podcast to give me an example of a marketing campaign or a product that's caught your attention recently. Now, it could be anything. It could be it could be meerkats. It could be a car advert. It could be an advert for a sweet shop. Have you got an example you'd like to share with the listeners? I'm not going to talk about lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I, I'm German, but I'm not a beer drinker. But I really like the um, TV campaign by Heineken. Mm -hmm. Then it brought different people together in a room and they had to fix something. 
and it, it brought together people from really different uh, ethnicities and different ideals. And as a viewer, you were really kept guessing what was going to happen. And, and I just loved it, that it kind of highlighted some of the challenges we have and how a product like beer <laughs> can bring us together. And I feel when uh, campaigns on social, when they tap into emotions and they make people question some of their beliefs, that's a really, really powerful uh, way of communicating. Uh, so yes, so whilst I don't drink beer, I thought that was an amazing uh, campaign. You're a German person that doesn't drink beer. That is really bizarre. That is really bizarre. I know. And we have so many fantastic different beers in Germany. <laughs> and wines, may I just say. They're just not very well known. And tell me about a business book that you've read recently, Nicole. One of my uh, favorites. It's not one of my most recent ones, but um, I actually really enjoyed uh, by Andrew and Pete, uh, content marketing duo. Uh, one of their first books was the Hippocampus. Mm -hmm. And it was talking all about how you build up your brand and how you can stand out in a good way. And for me, it was just came at the right time because I've just left my corporate career and I, I was ready to do something a bit different. And I just really liked their engaging style, um, the tips they gave. And it's, I, I still use it to this date. So yes, so for me, it's got to be an old book, uh, the Hippocampus. Um, most recently, I read Chris Dacker's uh, Youpreneur book, um, went to the conference last year, and I know, Roger, you're speaking uh, this year, which is amazing, and I, I bought my tickets already. Um, that was a really, really engaging book too. And oh, oh, one final shout out, talking about video, I mean, Vlog Like a Boss by Amy Schmittauer stroke Landino. I mean, if anyone wants to get into vlogging, it's such an amazing book to read. Nicole, thanks for all of those recommendations, <laughs> and I'll include links to those books in the show notes of the podcast. Now, I'm hoping that people listening to the show today might want to get in touch with you. What is the best way that people should connect? Mm -hmm. Thanks so much. So the easiest way of getting in touch with me is, is just actually going onto my website at uh, lollipopsocial.co.uk. You have all my social profiles there, uh, all the blogs I write. So yeah, easiest way is my website. Fantastic. And in addition to the links to the books, I'll also put the link to your website in the show notes of the podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really, really fun talking to you. I love Lollipop Social. I love your enthusiasm. And I'm looking forward to seeing you as a friendly face in the audience at Youpreneur Summit in November when I'm up there on the stage being really quite nervous oh you'll do amazing and i can't wait for it thank you roger for having me thank you for listening to the marketing and finance podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash maf for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed if you enjoyed the show please leave a review on itunes simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash itunes and leave a review I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.